0: That guard forward a 6'6 senior from Mississauga, Canada.
1: Number five, Ignis Sleka Ignis Sleka has put up some fantastic numbers so far this season, leading the team in assists per game, rebounds per game, and adding some defensive wizardry with three Hey skills. everyone, it's
2: Jordan Cohn, except
1: I'm not on a basketball broadcast for Franklin and Marshall this time, hyping up Ignis Sleka, like I was in that clip you just heard. Instead, I am here to welcome you to another episode of Diplomat Dispatches. It's the F&M podcast in partnership with the Office of Student and Postgraduate Development, or Ospigad, where I share some really cool stories of alumni success, different student paths, and all things F&M. As you can probably guess in this episode, I will be talking to Ignas Lika, and we're gonna cover a lot. His upbringing, how he found FNM, and how the diplomats basketball community helped him navigate the job search during the COVID-19 pandemic and ultimately land him in his current role. We'll also speak to two of the people that made that happen, Hunter Eggers and David Albright, both former Dips basketball players. And David has even set up a great, great career mentorship program within the basketball community that I'm really excited to tell you about. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, I spoke with my friend Gabe Pimsler about his Fulbright experience in Ukraine and his subsequent work on the newsletter, Ukraine Unlocked. It was so much fun, so I highly recommend you go give that a listen. But for now, we have a lot to cover in this episode, so let's jump right in.
3: So I was born in Montreal, Canada. My parents and my whole family They're from Lithuania and they moved over in ninety-five. And then I was born in ninety seven in Montreal, kinda like the French speaking part of Canada. Then we moved over to suburbs of Toronto when I was six years old. From that from there I went to a French first language school just because that was the only school offering a bus system. And then from there on I pretty much attended a French first language school until I graduated high school.
1: So just to recap. That's Lithuanian descent, born in Canada, and went to a French-first speaking high school. It's a lot of moving around for Ignis at an early age, but he had another decision in front of him as he was graduating high school. Ignis explained to me that his goal was to get a basketball scholarship and that he had plenty of looks from schools up in Canada, but that his main goal was to go to school in the US, and that was for a couple of reasons.
3: So I did a prep year at Millbrook School, which is upstate New York for two reasons. One to get the basketball exposure and the other reason is for almost to have like a transition here between a French school and like an English speaking college, university.
1: And the decision paid off. Ignis was named an all conference honorable mention in twenty sixteen at the conclusion of the season and he also got increased visibility from schools in the US that he would have been interested in. For instance, the one and only Franklin and Marshall.
3: And pretty much at Millbrook I went to like a basketball tournament in Pittsburgh. That's where the assistant coaches, Nick Mache and Tyler Brown, saw me play and then that's when they invited me to FNM, visit campus and everything. But what's weird with me is that I visited campus pretty much a couple months, like two, three months before the actual school year started. So I was very late in the recruiting process. When I visited campus, literally it was summertime, so no one was there anymore. It was just an empty campus. I was just talking to the coaches and then they just put me in contact with the players and I just kind of messaged them offline.
1: I'm sure everyone's first visit to campus is a little bit different, but visiting for the first time after you're already committed, you know, mere months before you're set to start and not a lot of people are on campus over the summer and you haven't met a lot of your teammates, that's pretty different. But that's just one of the many unique parts about Ignis' all-in-all experience, and luckily there was a great supporting cast within the basketball team that was there to help him ease through that transition.
3: Definitely, the basketball team was a huge influence as to why I stayed at school. Enjoy the school right away. Like as a freshman, you are not isolated, but like you don't know anyone. You're brand new, but having the basketball team, like they're always inviting you to everything. Just kind of like getting to know you, and you always kind of like playing basketball with them. So it's just right away that a strong connection is built right from the start. And having like a base level of a like a friend group is always nice to have. Another reason why I chose FNM was. Initially, when I was looking at the different schools, I loved the fact that FM really pushed and advocated their students to go abroad. That just shows that they did care about the whole international aspect and that it was top of line and they
1: cared about their students getting a different perspective. And there was another factor that helped ease Ignis' transition as a first-year student on FNM's campus. The basketball team also brought on Julius Stoma, who was born in Lithuania and who also came to campus as a first-year player the same year that Ignis did. Yeah, so
3: because we were both international students, we had to get to campus pretty much five, six days before everyone else, like all the other freshmen, to have like an international onboarding session. And it was really nice to have someone there that I kind of like, we had similar values, cultures, kind of like we both. we were both able to speak Lithuanian to each other. So right away we could like lean on each other we even started like training in the mornings together so it was just a great person to have entering a new school yes it was thanksgiving break so julius and i we didn't have anywhere to go so glenn robinson was nice enough to invite us into his thanksgiving celebration at his sisters or sister-in-laws and it was just kind of like a very nice family dinner really appreciated just secondhand family in a way like you can't be home so someone taking you into their home is always a nice feeling.
1: But it's not like Ignis and Julius had to exclusively lean on each other. And that's really important because the whole team is there from day one. And I can attest to that myself. As a first year student, I was really trying to find my way on campus and get involved where I could, which isn't really something that I did in high school and that I regretted. And working with the basketball team was the best decision I've ever made. There was someone in my intro to psych class who told me, hey, there might be an opening you might want to check it out if you're into basketball and i came out of it four years later with great professional development and really good relationships with other staff members of the school but way more important is that i've come out of it with lifelong friends and the way in which fnm allows their students to get involved in so many ways is a fundamental part of the school's allure to me and what i tell other prospective students um, and when i say i felt like a real part of the team from day one just this little first-year manager with an average jump shot, I I didn't really look like I would fit in, but I truly mean that I did because it's just such a welcoming environment. You can ask me, you can ask Ignis, and what I did was I asked Hunter Eggers. Uh, he was an upperclassman for both myself and Ignis before he graduated in 2017.
0: FNM does a great job of building the community, and I, I think that goes for both the program itself and the guys involved. And at the end of the day, I, I mean, as you mentioned, I transferred in. I came from another program, so I've been able to see kind of two sides of this world, but it really starts with the culture. We just built the culture in our team that, that, as you mentioned, just guys from diverse backgrounds that come from different areas, you know, a lot of Northeast guys. but. You know, we had some guys from California and, and obviously some international players that were able to find this commonality on the basketball court. And, you know, when you're, you're doing a hard thing together, that's super important and builds bonds between people that when you're doing two days across uh, winter break and you're, you're down to the wire in, in a tough game, you kind of forge this bond with other people that, that lasts you know, you become closer than you couldn't really imagine. And, and it sounds odd, it take, doesn't take that much effort to really form that friendship and, and build those relationships. It's fostered by the environment that FNM gives and, and the coaching staff, a lot of the athletic staff. Um, they build a community in which we're allowed to become our full selves, bring our full selves to the court, helps us build relationships with each other, builds relationships within the program, and
1: um, yeah, forms that really tight bond. Such a tight bond, in fact, that there was even a term that was kind of used as a rallying cry, at least since I was there from 2015 to 2019, but one that really and accurately describes the relationship that all the players have with each other, a band of brothers.
0: First off, it's a mentality. And and if you really embrace it a little bit, it it does end up becoming effective and and a way we see each other as like, you know, you take care of your own and and work hard for each other. But it's, it's funny how that trickles down. Every single time a new class shows up, they get ingrained to that culture, and um, it gets passed on. And it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm coming to my fifth reunion here, and hearing that term again, and, and hoping that the guys
3: are still using it. 200 point, like we definitely feel like a band of brothers. We all can rely on each other. We know that we're all there for each other. Yes, we fight, we bicker, but we all know that we have each other's best interests at heart.
1: And that brings us to the third main character in our story today, the aforementioned David Albright. And again, we're going to get into how Ignis, Hunter, and David all work with each other at PwC and how all of that came about. But I first do want to share David's reflection on how the basketball team at FNM really helped to create leaders, open doors in the professional world due to those tight bonds that are formed, and just show you that for decades, the culture has remained very much the same. And that's a really great thing.
2: My name is David Albright. I'm a partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, class of 85 from F&M. Uh, at F&M, I was an econ major, had a concentration in business, and um, played basketball. You know, freshman year, was on the junior varsity team and was captain, and then sophomore, junior, senior year, I played on varsity and was captain my senior year. You know, the whole concept of team, you know, and and the importance of team, and, and why having relationships, building relationships, and forming a good team was important, started with like Donnie Marsh, who was actually class of 79 and a legendary player, you know, at FNM, and he was my coach freshman year. And both he and Robinson had the same philosophy, which is you gotta give 100% for your team because, you know, there's no way to win, you know, and be successful, not just on the court, but off the court by yourself, right? And they sort of preached that, right? Secondly, you know being a part of a, a a sports team is a very intense process. I mean, you spend a ton of time together, you know, you you bond, you you work hard together, you you compete against each other, right? And you gain each other's respect that way through practice and tryouts. And then you know, you compete with each other and you have, You know, group success where you celebrate together and then you have failures where you have to pick each other up and get back after it the next day. That environment, that experience builds and and sort of teaches you the importance of sometimes being a leader, sometimes being a follower, sometimes, you know, raising your voice, sometimes listening. And you can take that lesson forward, you know, in life.
1: All of this brings us back to Ignis and how the team and the relationships he formed were crucial when it came time for the job search. Because as he'll tell you, it wasn't the easiest road for him uh, or for that matter, anyone in the class of 2020 with the pandemic hitting halfway through the year and really shaking things up.
3: Being an international student, right away you have many more obstacles to overcome trying to find work in the U.S. Junior year, let's say, just rewind a little bit, I sent out over I've received over 100 rejection letters from applying to internships and that many of them just kind of, it wasn't up to par or I needed visa sponsorships or whatever, they just rejected my whole application. So senior year hits and I'm obviously trying to apply to jobs in New York City, Philly, just the Northeast area. I'd like to stay in the States just because all my friends are here, all my teammates just, I feel like I have a great support network. And I'm applying to PwC just because Hunter and Dave Albright, they've introduced me to the company. They speak very highly of it. And it seems like something I'd like to do.
1: And let's pause for a minute because, yeah, this is Ignis' story. But Hunter also, as you hear, works at PwC. And how did he get his job there? You guessed it. I got in touch with Dave and realized that he was an
0: FNM guy too. Um, We started chatting. He said he played in this league with his company, but they, they were allowed to bring in external guys. Back then I was still a uh, spry young, early 20 something um, and was, was doing all right on the team. So I was meeting the guys, socializing, really networking pretty well. And uh, yeah, eventually Dave just asked me to uh, to go to dinner one night. We were chatting. I was talking about what I was looking for in my next step in my career and uh, the rest is history. I applied and Dave, Dave really pulled me in and, and took me under his wing. We don't work directly together, but it's, it's a situation in which I can go to him with advice Uh, I can bounce ideas off him. He knows the firm really well. He knows just life really well. And he's able to give me really good insight. But um, yeah, my my beginnings of my career at PwC really come from my connection with Dave. Word of
1: advice, everyone, network. And back to Ignis.
3: So I start applying. Everything's looking good. Have a couple interviews, speak to a couple of partners. Everything's looking up. And then COVID hits. At that point, pretty much I get an email from HR saying all hiring is frozen. Like there won't be any new hires anytime soon. So I pretty much, am um, out of luck. So one of my options was that I was going to go play abroad in either the UK or Ireland and get my master's degree at the same time as others have done, like Bretton, Federici. And that also fell through because of COVID. I was actually supposed to go to a school in Ireland, but because of COVID, they closed down the borders to international students. So that was just like another hurdle. I graduate, go home look for a job in Canada, find something. I was working for a back-end banking company based out of Vancouver. Spent pretty much just in my parents' basement working. Nothing crazy. And then keep applying to PwC pretty much nonstop. I'll start by pretty much giving a shout out to Hunter. He was the one who made the introduction to David Albright. But then having both of them in my corner was essential in me actually getting a job at PwC. Both were always willing to look over my resume, tweak it depending on the role that I was applying to, always giving me interview tips, information as to what the recruiters and PwC itself is looking for in the candidate. So they were instrumental in me actually being able to get a job offer.
1: And here's what else was instrumental in getting Ignis that job offer. Because, like he told us before, he had hundreds of rejection letters. And then he had to face the COVID pandemic. And then his backup plan of playing basketball overseas also got derailed. So what I really want to give Ignis credit for is never giving up and constantly pursuing the windows of opportunity that were opened up for him. David Albright talks a little bit more about that here.
2: This is always a two-way street, right? Jordan, it's like you can put the offer out, but if the person doesn't take the initiative to follow up or, or say, yeah, Mr. Albright, great to meet you. I will call you or I will email you. It doesn't happen. Through their efforts, right, I provided sort of a platform. I provided some insight. I provided information. But through their hard work and their efforts, they made it through our process and, and, you know, they were hired.
1: If I've learned anything, it's that work is part of the word networking for a reason. It's not just a one-time thing. You're not going to meet someone, have a conversation with them, and boom, you're hired. But what I will say is that FNM's networking platform works wonders. I spend hours in Beth Throne's office discussing my goals and who might be there to help. And with FNM, there are a ton of people willing to help or even willing to just chat. Dave Albright is certainly included in that bunch.
2: You have an opportunity, if you take that time, you have an opportunity to sort of evaluate how you got where where you've, you know, gotten to and and, and what that process looked like. And when I did that, you know, I I realized that, you know, F and M was a huge part of my success. You know, I, I was grateful for the education I received, grateful for the experience overall. And, you know, our our life journey is not the sum of your individual actions. It's, you know, it's it's what you did with the help of others, right? And and so as I thought about F and M, right, I was grateful for the education, the classroom experience, the athletics, but it was also the people, right? The people who helped me when I was there. I then looked at the rest of my life journey, right, Jordan? And I realized that all along the way there was someone there who helped me. They helped me get into Price Waterhouse. They helped me, you know, succeed there. They helped me make partner there. And so I could even, you know, translate that too on the personal side, but especially on the professional side, there was someone there to to help me, guide me, give me advice, and and sometimes like present that door, present it and, and ask me if I wanted to walk through it.
1: Since making that realization, David has taken action, not just with Hunter or Ignis, but with the basketball program as a whole in an initiative that he helped set up with Coach Nick Neche.
2: It started out very, you know, very one-off, very organic with Hunter and, and you know, then with Ignis, right? And so that alumni game, it stopped happening for a while and and Coach Neche, you know, re- revitalized it, you know, brought it back. So, you know, I was talking to Coach after the uh, F&M's game, you know, that day, and I asked him about, like, other ideas he might have or, you know, that he was contemplating about engaging with alumni. We were um, brainstorming about, you know, how cool it would be if different alumni would get together and we'd have like a little alumni panel and have a series of alumni panels where, you know, different professions, whether it be doctors, lawyers, you know, accountants like, like, you know, from my firm or, you know, consultants like myself or, you know, salespeople, people in, in other industries, just you know, spent an hour talking about what they do and providing insights into the professional world to players on the team. And coach thought it was a great idea. Until we get that started, would you be open to talking to a couple guys? If you know, I mentioned your name and that you'd be open to talk to them. And I said sure. So fast forward, you know, um, I got an email from one person. I met with them, talked to them about you know what you know Price Waterhouse Coopers was all about. Uh, asked them to share their resume, help them think through whether they'd want to you know pursue accounting tax or consulting as a career and you know apparently the conversation went okay because then I got another email and then I got another email and lo and behold, I had you know five different players interested in talking and you know sharing their resume and and you know exploring opportunities at the firm and I was blown away. Right. And and it made me feel great that just an idea and and a conversation with with a little bit of effort turns into something that, you know, people appreciate. And and now, you know, we've got some serious momentum with people who are applying and and, you know, in, in this world right now, right in this world, where there's a war on talent. I mean, there's so many great, smart people at FNM, and right now it's just a basketball team, but I've also recruited other people from FNM who are not in basketball, who are just incredibly smart, and they need, they need that opportunity, they need that connection, and that door to be presented, right? And, and then they can exercise their right to walk through it.
1: As you can tell, Hunter and Ignis are two people who did decide to walk through the doors that opened up for them after some of their hard work and perseverance and now they're trying to help other people do the same using what they've learned throughout the process.
0: Same thing I'd give advice as a senior to a freshman. I'd give to, you know, now at my age, not that I'm all that old, but a kid coming out of college, I'd say, hey, don't worry, this is why you're doing it. This is what you'll learn. This is what you're gonna figure out. Um, And just keep at it, keep that right attitude. So I think the mentorship you see that grows from experience translates to the real world. And, and I've seen that, you know, when I came out of school and was talking to guys like Dave and s- some other mentors I had, and then looking at not necessarily that Ignis is uh, is the same as I was, but, you know, able to, to see myself in him a little bit and give the same advice I might have wanted to give myself at that time.
3: We speak with our kind of like mentors, mentees, I'd say every couple months, just kind of like keeping in touch, making sure they're on top of everything. If they have any questions, helping them out, guiding them, connecting them with individuals that might be able to help them out in different industries so it's a very good thing that N'Shea has incorporated. I'm a big proponent of treat others like you want to be treated and I've had a very difficult time finding a job so now like whenever I go back to campus, visit campus, I'm always trying to support the current players or anyone else at FNM with either whatever they need, career advice, kind of looking over the resume, helping out with interviews, just any Facet of the whole job search or just even like life advice to always be there and be willing to provide with whatever information that I have.
1: And that's where this episode's story reaches its end. And I'm putting in quotation marks because there are very likely more basketball team alumni who will walk through the doors of PWC thanks to David, Hunter, and Ignis. So it's really a continuing story. And there are probably many FM students in general who can overcome difficulties in the job search like ignis had using the amazing network that's available to them so we'll leave you with one more piece of advice from ignis and that is essentially to use your own quirky personality to your advantage and to be yourself and if this episode is any indication it's a good idea to reach out to me or ignis or hunter or david or anyone if you need a helping hand because that is what the FM community is here for
3: people gravitate to people who are their authentic selves people like just a natural human reaction to shy away or kind of like be scared of stuff that you don't know or if you can't really trust someone so if you show your true colors who you really are more it's more likely than not that people will gravitate towards you and it's easier to build those connections at the same time for the in the classroom aspect i'd say that professors they've been there for a while They've seen everything. So when you bring a fresh perspective, like a different lens on a situation, they definitely appreciate it. And I think it leads to like better conversation with the professor, better connections, and a better relationship overall. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And hopefully this helps at least one student. I'll be happy with that.